on it being yeah. first name terms. And what are, the, what are the positive responses and feelings that you get from children on that in terms of how it affects their behaviour, their learning? Yeah. It really brings things down to um, a conversation that you're having where the child feels that by the fact you're allowing them to use your first name, you're playing one card mm -hmm. which is one of respect. And so that's your starting point. Mm. And it's quite, a, it's quite a good starting point. Welcome to Barrow Hill Junior School in the heart of Westminster. We started partnering with this school just three months ago and I was really intrigued to find out more because it's the first school that I've come into contact with in 15 years that don't actually wear uniform. I wanted to meet the head teacher, David Tomlinson, to find out why that is and how that affects their cognitive and creative performance of the pupils. David shares so many remarkable insights. He's a very caring and honest head teacher. In fact, one of the most honest and caring head teachers that I've ever met. And I'm really looking forward to sharing his insights and experiences with you. only quite short now the teacher training was it what was the sort of main difference of teacher training before compared to how it is now teacher training way back was a four-year course mm. a four-year degree course wow. and then the PGCE came in um, so you could either do a PGCE or a three-year teacher training course yeah. um, and I'd say that the PGCE is the most common mm -hmm. um, but you tend to get since the PGC was introduced, I did it myself. Since it's been introduced, more and more components have had to be shoehorned into that. Yeah. So the PGC has worked out to the hour. How many mm. hours are we doing this? How many hours are we doing it? And they've got to go through everything. Mm. And I think that PE is a really time heavy piece of training. Especially in terms of the safety aspect, right? Yes. Yeah. And so I think it actually the assumption is for pe for people designing a PGCE is mm. that yes we will give the teachers some opportunity in their teaching practice and we will do maybe an afternoon on PE yeah. because that's all they will have in their entire PGCE that's all I got it doesn't work long term though does it no because it doesn't you apply those those skill sets in a powerful yeah. meaningful way yeah if you're only getting half an hour training or yes. short condensed I think training. it's one of those things where they assume you're getting more from your from your school placement than mm. actually your school placement will provide and but if the it, school it, placement doesn't have a specialist in in that subject yeah it must be really, really challenging. To, yes, it to is, that. and I think that over time, mm. you—that's when a school's a, a school's culture can lose its emphasis on skills training in PE, for instance. Mm -hmm. You know, really getting the children to identify for themselves what the skills are. Yeah. Whereas I think what we were doing was quite a lot of coaching, mm -hmm. um, but I don't think it was teaching. You right. know, it was good, good coaching that yeah. we were doing before. Sometimes mm -hmm. um, we were certainly de delivering the how national would you curriculum. Define, how would you sense. define the difference between teaching and coaching? Coaching, to me, is um, when you've got children who are already reasonably proficient or on the verge of being reasonably proficient, mm -hmm. and you want them to play their best game. Sure. Whereas teaching, you've got a whole range of abilities, and you've got some children you really want to challenge, who are very proficient some children who are somewhere around the middle and you want to really push them on and some children who they're either just beginning that or they've struggled with it mm -hmm. um, but that every child understands that 
there are elements to that activity that mm. they can isolate sure. and improve. Mm. Um, and what I've seen is Alex doing that, mm. you know, and using the right terminology, mm. really linking it back to your different body parts and how they can act. Mm. Um, and also the group work, you know, yeah. I really love it when he puts together something where the children are working in their teams mm -hmm. and they do um, either a gymnastics display or, you know, he's really challenging them to always Right, can you add another component to that? Yeah. Remember when we, and he refers back to prior learning, mm. all of these elements that we use when we're teaching English or maths, yeah. um, he's using in PE, and yeah. that's proper teaching, I would say. I love that. One of the things that, one of the things that I was very passionate about when I started JNC when I was really young was how we go about combat, because I found that through academic study, Mm -hmm. There was, I learned a lot about academics and then there was missing mm -hmm. some of the artistic application side yeah. which I found that I got through sport and my thing was like how do we get the best of the academic knowledge that I've acquired mm -hmm. and combine that with the artistic knowledge that I've applied yeah. and then fuse that together to form a well-rounded education because that, there's a lot of um, coaching principles mm -hmm. that that when brought into teaching effectively mm. can really support the yeah. children's learning, yeah. especially in terms of like long-term progression, especially when you do have those high ability to children mm. and all that sort of stuff, is how do you take them further? And that idea of continuous improvement. Yes. And then it's about using the pedagogy of teaching in order to give that the surface to make sure that it's accessible to all and sort of combining yeah. those components, yeah. No, I'd agree. It's, um, you know, what you've just described there is Alex has been with us since January and we're really starting to see some of that mm. you know, come forward now. And also for us as a school, it's seeing what Alex does and all teachers are like magpies. They'll mm. take the best bits and you know, even just walking through, taking your class through a lesson that Alex is teaching, you'll see the teacher will notice something about, oh, he's using these whiteboards or he's mm. using this bit of equipment. Oh, I'll ask him about that later. You Great. know, it, that's really good. Plus, he's also putting together some proper planned CPD for us so that we can really get the most out of having, you know, awesome. a really good expert. Yeah, here. awesome. And what are the key focuses for you as a head teacher here at Barrow Hill at the moment? Um, in PE or just, in general. just generally? Yeah. Um, for us, um, we've worked really hard over the last um, five years and in rewriting our curriculum. So we started off with our English curriculum. We mm -hmm. totally rewrote it. And we did that with a very good consultancy um, called Literacy Tree and mm -hmm. the Literacy Curriculum. They work with us and it has ended up being a really spectacular success for this little school. Mm -hmm. You know, our writing results went from below national to now being in the top 10% in the country. Phenomenal. And it's taken five years to mm -hmm. do that. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, so it's a big piece of work, but it was very important to me that we did start off with writing because I think that's how children can express themselves. Yeah. It sparks off original thought. Mm -hmm. It makes them consider what it's like to be walking along in somebody else's shoes. Mm -hmm. Really good writing can transport you to another world exactly. and it's good for you in terms of reflecting as well and getting to know yourself. So we started that, off with, sorry. Sorry, is that something, just to interject there, is that something that you focus on as well in terms of your leadership is just writing things on paper? Or does that mm. not make a, a sort of cognitive difference to you? 
No, it does make a big difference mm. to me. Yes, yeah. yes. And I use writing myself mm. to really order my thoughts and to have a think and mm. to something that might feel good at first. And then when I'm writing it down, thinking, no, this would be better or put it in a mm. different order. Mm. So with the children, we do a lot of work on editing as well. And we give them a different colored pen so that own, it's not a mistake, mm. you know, own your edits, you okay. know, use, use that to really make a, a difference. So we started off with English. We revamped our maths as mm -hmm. well. That's done very well. Um, we rewrote our creative curriculum. Mm -hmm. um, that was the most recent thing. Um, and at the moment, we're doing the same with um, our science, art and music have all been this year. Mm -hmm. So our priority at the moment really is to make sure that our creative curriculum is really sparky, that yeah. it's, got, it's got cohesion to it, that it's got... Um, uh, the, the children's experience builds up, they make progress year on year on year, that it all holds together. Mm -hmm. uh, we had an Ofsted in October and the, they said that the curriculum came out very, very strongly, that it's um, cohesive, that it's um, engaging and Fantastic. that it gives opportunity to write across the curriculum as mm -hmm. well. So you, you can open up a creative curriculum book or a science book and you'll see quite a bit of writing in there as well as mm -hmm. photographs and captions, reports, debates written up, you know, all of, all of that sort of thing that adds to the children's experience. And for art, we're creating a, um, an art gallery in the school. Wow. So yeah, that should be, I'm really excited about that. I yeah. really want that to be a, a focus. For the children to walk in and think, wow, you know, I did that, you know, and here's the here's the gallery notes about my piece underneath it, and it really see themselves the as an artist. That, it? Yeah, yeah. and for music, the children co-wrote um, a musical with our music coordinator, who wow. is yes, he's terrific, the coordinator as well. The children storyboarded. Um, they came up with the characters, they wrote the script, um, they contributed to some of the composition and some of the lyrics. Um, and they did this over, let me see, they started it in October and they performed it in February. So by the time they performed it, they knew it inside out. Um, and they loved that. And I think creating something original, and again, it's going back to using those writing skills of, of storyboarding and of scripting. Um, it just gave it, it, they approached that from the position of people who feel they can do it. Yes. Whereas I think if we just turned around to them and said, come on, get a move on, mm. write a musical, they would have been, where do I start? And sure. I think for them, it was a process of understanding that actually they already had quite a number of those skills. Yeah. And there were other skills that they did need to work on or take a chance on taking a different role. So mm. we created a school band for it bought new instruments and um, they did six performances in um, four days. Um, yeah, they did um, a, a dress rehearsal for the local infant school. They did four performances for um, parents and they did a performance for the school. So they, they saw it all yeah. themselves. Isn't it amazing when you have something with, with no reality and yeah. then you, you share it with the children, you share a concept with them and then you see them perform it live yes. in front of an audience. Yes. Something and they remarkable. stood really tall, mm. you know, and we've seen the after effects of that as well. Mm. There's a couple of children who are in the band who actually really found themselves through mm. that, have found mm. their confidence mm. 
and who were helping younger children who Lovely. and they wouldn't have been in that situation and they wouldn't have felt that they could do that yeah if they hadn't had this yeah. sort of creative experience genuinely creative sparky experience yeah, for them absolutely so you've been here for six years now yes yeah this is halfway through the, my sixth year and is that something that you've always wanted to do was to become a head teacher no not at all oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, i didn't expect to do this and i think if you talk to a lot of head teachers there's a lot of us who didn't intend to mm. um it wasn't something that was ever on my sort of list of things to do. Mm -hmm. um, my way has been quite circuitous. Um, I was really interested in working with children with special needs. Mm -hmm. um, I was a class teacher, then I was a um, group teacher in mm -hmm. a school. And at the time that I was thinking of, of applying for Senko roles, that was where I was going. There was a brief period of time in education where Senko roles started being submerged into inclusion manager roles. Yeah. And it was at that time. So in my school, um, they suddenly decided they wanted to have a deputy head for inclusion. So I made a really cheeky application. Nice. And um, I, I wasn't really prepared for it, if mm. I'm to be honest with you. It was genuinely a cheeky application. I hadn't led English or maths, for yeah. instance, which would be your classic route to senior leadership would be that sure. you would have headed up you know one of the big subjects like that mm. um and i hadn't been a senko mm. um and so the school took a chance on me mm. um and i worked really hard well, <laughs> for those seven years yeah. to, to prove that it to prove my worth so that they could see that it you know that they had made the right choice yeah and what sparks me about that is that you had the confidence of, you say it was a cheeky application yes it was but the thing is you had the confidence to apply mm. so without that confidence then you know you could have gone a, a completely different well the direction. application's one part of it isn't it it's when mm. you get it yeah but, <laughs> but the, 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 I, I suddenly realized and i did think you know what have I done? Yeah. Um, because it's a very, it was a very, very big school. It's 740 children at that school. So wow. I was one of two deputy heads and mm. my remit was inclusion. Mm. And the school was um, what Ofsted used to call satisfactory, mm -hmm. which nowadays is called requires improvement. Mm -hmm. So our job was to take the school up mm -hmm. to good. Um, which we did do, and yeah. it took quite some doing. We didn't get it the first time that we had our Ofsted, um, but we did get it the time after that. And it was, it taught me an awful lot yeah. about drawing on strengths of people and also having lines that can't be crossed and lines that can be. You I know, like sometimes that. you need to be flexible and sometimes you, you do need to stand your ground, but to do it in a, hopefully if you've got enough goodwill in the bank yeah. because you're an honest broker because you work hard yourself because that you you model what you're doing and mm -hmm. you don't ask people to do things you're not prepared to do yourself mm. if you've got that sort of goodwill in the bank mm. then you can get change to happen because in all sorts of leadership there is always going to be a time mm. when you find yourself having to sit down with somebody and ask them to do something that they just don't really want to do. Got that. Okay, all the time. <laughs> it's, yeah, you recognise it. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a challenge. What would you say? And, and the, the reasons might be good reasons yeah. for not wanting to do that. Mm. You know, it's, it, I don't think you can take it necessarily as a defensive or antagonistic sure. response. Mm. You know, you do have to listen. But if it's even so, sometimes 
there's a time for pushing mm. and a time for for just sitting back and listening a bit more. Yeah, I think what I what I get from that and conversation that I've had as well is, is it's all about understanding the other person first. Yeah. And when you understand that person, how they think, how they behave, mm. and like the the what's in it for them mentality. Yeah. Um, then you're more confident, clear, and you can design a, a better outcome that works collaboratively for yeah. for all parties. And also, like people have, it's interesting when adults we we all have a a mindset we all have behavior patterns Mm. and sometimes it just takes a different layer of questioning or a different type of questioning Mm. to unravel that and go actually that's a fixed mindset that's a pattern how Mm. can we break free from it so that you can actually leverage up and become a a better version of yourself yeah yeah, and sometimes noticing the details in what people do actually do because everyone will bring something of their own childhood their own um, skills, their own interests into it and you know that really does make a difference and will sure. chime with the children mm-hmm. you know the children will notice that as well mm-hmm. and that if their teacher for instance at the weekends has this particular you know goes windsurfing for mm-hmm. instance and that's a real thing about them that you know and they're prepared to talk about it and the more personal it is in mm-hmm. education I think the more the children respond yes. it's all it's about those connected. relationships and yeah. you know not treating teachers and LSAs and other colleagues as cardboard cutouts. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I, I do see that, I think in terms of education management, that's something I've seen happen mm. um, over a period of time that, uh, and I think that organizations are, are wising up to that over the last couple of years. When I was applying to be a head teacher, um, in 2012, 2013, around about that time, mm. um, I read the adverts and some of them just made me f- go cold. Really? Why? Because it was all um, corporate management speak, mm. you know, and they Quite were mechanical. Using, really mechanical, so mechanical that they would use words like, are you passionate about blah, 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 are you, the, but actually they didn't mean passionate, they mm. just meant, are you corporate? Right. <laughs> you know, and it was really obvious. It was a totally joyless experience reading the advert mm. or looking on the website. Mm. You know, um, just how does that impact what you do here at Barrow Hill and how you lead, how you write your adverts? Well, I was very lucky that when I saw the advert for Barrow Hill, it was written in human language. Right, I like that. You know, <laughs> and it was written about a real place. Yeah. Um, and so it stood out Mm. you know it wasn't just using buzzwords or phrases that were designed to do this or designed to do that um and when i walked so that interested me it got me through the gate what sort of language were they using because i'm quite interested in that because as you say you know a lot of the adverts i see are pretty much the same really standard and dull it got this and upstairs and there's ways you know considering that we are educators Mm. and being an educator in the classroom is all about getting somebody's attention Mm. i think that education per se can be very dull when it comes to how it recruits and very Mm. dull how it trains as Mm. well some of the training that you go on um can be very much powerpoint things being read off powerpoints but well, sure. you would never do that with children yeah why would you do that so with adults no. yeah yeah i have the same um so we've moved away from that here mm. in that the training we do for staff mm. 
quite often we will teach a lesson. Yeah. So we'll get the science teacher. We've just got a science lab that we raised all this money for. Nice. And so it's a secondary school standard mm. uh, science lab. And we had all of us in there on inset day in September. Some of us have never been in a science lab since we were 14 ourselves. Love it. And he taught us, he, he did, we did an activity. He taught the lesson. Yeah. But of course, because the people in there, the teachers and the LSAs are really good and really interested, mm -hmm. they're picking up teaching techniques sure. by watching him do that yeah. and by participating rather than a really drab PowerPoint yeah. and that awful phrase, yes, or that awful phrase where people go, oh, you could always do this or you could always mm. do that. And everybody's just thinking, you could always just let us go for a coffee now because I'm absolutely <laughs> bored out of my head. And when you see it, you feel it. And when you feel it, it becomes yeah. a part of your, your, your embodiment and your action. And absolutely. Yeah, that really yeah. makes an impact. And I think, you know, in terms of the advert for here um, and how we advertise now, um, we d we write about things in an advert that might be appealing. You mm. know, it might be appealing for people to know that our school, you know, uh, for instance, there's, it, we're non-uniform and it's first name terms right. that we spend a lot of time on relationships mm. with families that um, we achieve our outstanding English and maths mm -hmm. um, because we talk to the children about books they're interested in. Mm. And so we, we give that flavour in there. Also, for teachers to know that we're one minute from the tube, mm -hmm. one minute from Regent's Park. It you helps. know, they are allowed to go out at the end of the school day yeah. and hopefully enjoy themselves and see their friends. Maybe something like that about being in central London mm. would actually be quite appealing to some. Sure. A couple of things I want to hinge on to on, in that conversation. You mentioned about the uniform yeah. and children don't wear uniform and they address people by first name basis. What's the psychology, what's the reasoning behind that? That's very unique I could give country. you. I could give you a deep answer to that, but mm. I'm afraid it wouldn't be one that I should really own um, because I inherited that. Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't something that, um, that I brought with me. And in fact, when I first um, came here and the uh, previous head teacher to me said, oh, um, David, it's first name terms here, but I think you'll find that the children are, the, 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 the relationship between the teachers and the children, it's friendly mm. without being familiar. Sure. And I've always thought that was a good phrase mm -hmm. um, that he had for that. And he'd inherited it too. Apparently it's been like this since the early 70s and nobody's changed it. Wow. Um, and actually, at first, I, when I first was being shown around, I was thinking, I don't know that I'm comfortable with the first name terms. The mm. uniform uh, didn't bother me. I've worked in schools with and without uniform. Sure. Um, but the first name terms I wasn't sure about because mm. I thought, you know, so you've, you've got to have respect mm. there, otherwise the whole school falls over, nothing sure. can get done. Um, and your behaviour management, you know, how does and that what, work? What was it that shifted your mindset on that? Was I'd there? been here for about two minutes and I saw... <laughs> I've been going to say two years. No, no, I'd been, here, I'd been here about two minutes and I'd walked through a couple of classrooms and I saw the relationships going on mm. just in the interactions between the teachers and the children. Um, and I just thought, I've got to open my mind to this. Mm -hmm. um, and then I was appointed mm -hmm. and um, the children on the school council, you know, asked me, you know, are you going to make us wear uniform? <laughs> oh, and, 
Mm. and um, about the first name terms. Mm. And so I told them what I've just told you. I, mm. I hadn't had the experience of working in a school with first name terms. I didn't know whether at first that I was for it or not. I kept an open mind. And actually I had a good run up because I was appointed in the February and I wasn't starting until the September. And I was mm. coming into school quite a lot. Yeah. By the time I started in September, I was absolutely um, sold on it being yeah. first name terms and what are, the, what are the positive responses and feelings that you get from children on that in terms of how it affects their behavior their yeah it really brings things down to um, a conversation that you're having where the child feels that by the fact you're allowing them to use your first name you're playing one card mm -hmm. which is one of respect like that and so that's your starting point. Mm, yeah. And it's quite, a, it's quite a good starting point, mm. particularly if you like to use restorative justice for mm -hmm. um, behavior management, particularly, you know, we, um, you'll see walking around our school that trust, fairness and respect are yeah. our three school values. Mm -hmm. So they run right the way through our curriculum. Uh, when Alex is teaching PE outside, the, the, the words are up there, there, and what the definitions are. It's mm -hmm. all about putting those words into action. Yeah. Um, and the children can very much see the link, and they will all be able to name those three values, believe you me, uh, because they're there for when things go right, and they're there for when things go wrong. Yeah. So there are rewards, there are consequences, mm -hmm. and they're all in and they steps. all work together. Yeah. yeah, I love the clarity on that in terms of them being both reward, rewards and consequences yeah. and then being playing both the for when people do things well and when people yeah. don't do things well. Yes, and yeah. when you're looking at consequences, there has to be a route out of that and back mm -hmm. yeah. um, with Flat. each one of those mm -hmm. steps. And I think, you know, we are really open-minded to that. We brought in a new um, behaviour policy just over a year ago now, mm -hmm. and I'm reviewing that, and we've, we, we're getting more training in as well for behaviour management, even though behaviour management generally is very good here. Yeah. There's some parts of it I really want to tighten up on. Mm -hmm. um, we're really interested in the psychology of education on um, how you feel as a person mm -hmm. in that classroom will dictate what you learn Massively. and how you interact. So I start off with with all of our teachers in saying to them, you know, w what do you bring in with you? Who was your favorite teacher? Yeah. Um, and also, who was your least favorite teacher? You can ask that question yeah. of a group of adults and it doesn't matter how old they are, how long it was, it's a, there's an instant answer. They sure. instantly know the name mm. of the one they really liked yeah. and the one they didn't. And when we did that exercise as a staff, mm. when we were introducing our behavior policy, mm -hmm. of course, everybody did that. And when we were named the things that people liked mm -hmm. or why, what made a favorite teacher, what yeah. made a favorite teacher, what made your least favorite teacher, mm -hmm. People in, on our staff have been educated all over the world in a variety of settings. Mm. The words that came out with were the same words. Yeah, and I bet no one said teachers that shouted at me. No, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely that, you yeah. know, and it's a very powerful position to be in. Mm. And, you know, I, my starting point mm. is always, um, if you are, if you can take yourself back to being a seven-year-old coming through the school gate and you've got your paper mache stegosaurus underneath your arm, <laughs> who are you going to show it to? Yeah. 
because that. if if there is somebody there who's interested, it might be a teacher, it might be an LSA, it might be the person who works in reception, it might be the um, the person who works on the premises, it might be any of the people there, who, but who is that person who's going to take that particular interest in what you have done? And it's like, wow, you know, look what you've done. You've got, and look, and he's got nearly all his ears and you know, all of this, you know, well done, mm. great you're going to try your best in your maths lesson that yes. day. And it's totally unconnected. Your stegosaurus isn't anything to do with your maths. But it does, and if there's some, nobody there who's interested in what you've created, mm. then guess what? When you do have your maths lesson that day, yeah. well, it's, it's, if it's too tough, you're not going to give it that extra. Yeah, and it can be perceived as unconnected also. It can be perceived as predictably irrational. Yeah. Because as you say, how you feel leads to how you think, and how you think leads to how you behave. Yeah. Produces the outcome of the result in terms of yes. how you perform. How, how, how would you describe your leadership, David? Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite a hard you question. You I don't strike me as one of the shouter. I to wouldn't. Start with. No, I, I try not to. <laughs> I try not to. Um, but I don't always succeed. You mm. know, I don't always succeed in anything that I do. And I, I hope that I'm honest, uh, an honest broker with, with the staff that I lead. So over time, we've got to know each other quite well. Mm -hmm. And I think that they can see that I will be honest with them yeah. and that I will try and draw on the strengths that we have, mm. but we are definitely going, there is a vision there as well. And yeah. I think I think they do understand and, and share that vision. I think for the first couple of years, mm. um, that was quite a challenge yeah. um, and some staff left. Mm, yeah, and that's um, what happens in leadership, yes, doesn't it? it mm. does. Um, and I think that was healthy for them. I think it was healthy for us. Yeah. Um, now I would say that, that people understand, you know, what I mean by high standards for all, which is our um, strap line, if you like, yeah. is that no child gets left behind yeah. and that we really do go into what the relationship is between the ch child and, and the teacher yeah. and we're getting there we're not the finished article yet by a long stretch but we are we are getting there my, uh, hopefully they will see that my own my management style is that there is the um, dialogue between us as professionals that if they've got a good sparky idea that chimes with where they know the school is going because I've done my job properly in, 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 yeah. in leading us in that direction, that I will always take that on board and try and weave it in wherever I possibly can. And it's paid off. A lot of the innovations that we have in the school, like the music that I talked about yeah. um, just before, um, like how we organise our assessments. Mm -hmm. My deputy head came up with that. Um, you know, and also it's been refined since then with suggestions from middle leaders and other teachers. Yeah. Um, it's about you, getting them to come up with, with creative yeah. ideas as well as yes. opposed to being a top-down approach. I mean, what strikes me from our conversation today, and it's the first time I've met you, is very caring, very <laughs> honest with people, um, which is which, which is absolutely, you know, the, the, the undercurrent of good leadership is being caring and building those relationships. Mm. And, one thing that stood out to me in what you said is that it was healthy for them, it was healthy for us. And yeah. Alex and I, who's behind the camera, were talking about just on the way here that you can, 
you can you can not like somebody's performance but still mm. like them yes. and still respect them you can yeah. not respect somebody's results that they've achieved but you can still respect them as a person yes. and actually you can part in mutually respectful ways and way which imp- what, one of the things that I'm fascinated by is that you can part in a way in which empower somebody mm. and inspire somebody to reach in this the next level for themselves or inspire them to do something different or inspire them or empower them mm. in some way um, but that doesn't mean just because that a person is no longer working with you or fit for the organisation that, that you're in that you know that you need to be disrespectful to each other no no yeah. no you don't want that really what would you say was you know if you were to become the chief inspector of schools or something like mm. that what, what would be the one or two things that you would change to really shift the narrative of education in this country? I, I really like the shift that's happening at the moment Fantastic. so that it's a broader curriculum mm. that um, other subjects outside reading, writing and maths mm. are valued and because they contribute so much particularly to well-being and mental health and I think that actually the current emphasis in teaching um, is probably the best it's ever been mm. um, in my career um, that I've taught in a couple in a few different schools in London, and I've worked um, overseas as well. And I think that seeing mental health, well-being, creativity mm. being valued and not just seen as little add-ons, yes. you know, that oh well, that's a nice bit of luxury. Um, there's, there's actually happy children will perform better, yes. will achieve more, will yes. have, will trust their own instincts, mm. will have original thoughts and share them mm. and spark off other ideas. Um, you will get much can, more from it. And also they can create the lifestyle, the trajectory that they want, as yeah. opposed to what society wants or what the norm yes. is. Actually they can create a pathway for themselves. Yeah. That, that, that and you know, schools will always need to emphasise reading, writing and maths because these are uh, life skills mm. you need and I like know. I said before about writing that's a way of personal expression as yes. well so you know I, don't, I wouldn't want to go too far one way or the other but mm. you can have it all you yes. can literally have it all and each thing will help the other if mm. you keep that balance my fear is that education shifts in cycles and sometimes that cycle can go can pass quite quickly yeah, yeah. And particularly when you have changes in different governments of all different mm. parties, it's not, not one party more than another, that you'll get an emphasis of one thing over another. Or sometimes there's a general election of one sort or another, that one result or another comes from it. And whoever is the new Secretary of State for Education mm. chooses to change things to put their own trademark yes. on it. Um, yes. Anything, Actually, don't throw everything out when you do that. Yeah, you know, work with what's working. And yeah, that for sure. because this current emphasis um, on the broader curriculum and Ofsted really emphasising that um, it's been a long time coming. Yeah. Um, and I want us to really hold on to that, regardless what happens politically. Yeah. I want us to hold on to that. Although, of course, politically, I hope there's a bit more money coming towards schools. Bring on the money. Yeah. Chief Inspector Rothstedt, bring on the yeah, money. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's the Department for Education. You know, I think the, this country needs to invest more in mm. its schools. Yeah, 
agree with you. Brilliant. David, it's been absolutely fantastic yeah. speaking with you. I think You're the welcome. quote of the day and the, the title of this video is You Can Have It All. Ah. And I really, really love that quote. So thank you so much. For your You're time welcome. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Thanks Pleasure. for coming out.